Meet Mayur, who growing up in India set himself a simple goal. I want to have a great career. But found that life isn't always simple. And I took up science in the new school, but I couldn't follow that. I couldn't cope up all that astronaut stuff that went out of the way. And the realities of following your dreams can be harsh. Uh, not realizing the fact that my parents wouldn't be able to afford uh, sending me abroad. But where there's a will and a good support network, there's a way. It was my parents. It was an, an uncle of mine that really supported me uh, financially. Although supporting a big ambition means you have to be willing to work at it. So I took up a job as a door-to-door salesperson. But eventually, found his big career break. So he asked me for the CV, and I said, "Well, I want to start straight away." So within two, three days, I flew to Singapore. And through an attitude of continuous improvement, found that great career he was always looking for. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, and the people are very vibrant, energetic, dynamic, and a very analytical go at guesstimate. That's height, so pi r square h is all packed into this episode of On Vocation. Hello and welcome to On Vocation, the show where we learn from the everyday experiences of everyday people. I'm your host, Ari, and today we're talking to Mayur, a management consultant manager at a trendy consulting firm operating out of Australia and New Zealand. So Mayur used to work for the comp- uh, my current employer, and uh, we used to often chat over a cup of coffee, so it's great to have a bit more of an in-depth conversation about uh, your career and where it's taken you so far, Mayur. So thanks for taking the time today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Um, so sometimes uh, when I try and look for information about a guest um, you know, online, um, I'm really kind of stuck for information online, but um, you've got a pretty good online presence and that's, I mean, really good to see. And, you know, we'll talk about the pros and cons of, you know, um, marketing yourself later on, but um, I can see you've really kind of crafted your career. Um, you've kind of uh, guided in the directions that you wanted to go and and that's that's going to be pretty interesting but um do you think from a like a really young age did you have an idea that you would um, become this kind of analytical person or did you have a different idea of what you wanted to be when you grew up I actually have a very different idea uh, so I grew up in India um mm. and I came to Australia when I was 18 okay. um, 18 19 yeah so those who were born so I was born in the 80s um those who were born in the 80s mm. and sort of hit their teenage times during early 90s. So yeah. there was, at that time, there was a lot of media about um, investment bank, banking. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So uh, a lot I of people... I remember the... the uh, yeah, that, that, they used to make news all the time. So they, yeah. they were, they, the news was, you know, all these young graduates being from uh, from from uh, top um, uh, um, top universities yeah. being stabbed up for, um, by these young graduates by big um, um, organizations like Lehman Brothers and uh, right. Goldman Sachs, and et cetera. And, uh, okay. And they were being offered huge pay packets. Right. So at, at, at that time, I don't know how many people will agree with me, but there was there was in India there was this focus on not what you want to do, but how high you want to go, regardless right. of the profession. I see. It's so like it's, an ambition thing. It's an ambitious thing, yes, yeah. and and it's 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 a it's probably a terrible thing, and it's, but it gauges what a person wants to become based on you know what profile do they achieve. Right. Nobody okay. would say, oh, I actually want to be kind of going to uh, into acting or want to be uh, going to sports. Right. And but it was more, you know, I want to become a doctor or um, or become an investment banker. That's a thing I want to go. Okay. And people, if you ask a lot of people what they want to do, they must. They'll probably a lot of people would have said, I want to have a great career. Yeah, and okay. That pays a lot of money. Without, without direction. That's right, without yeah. direction. Okay. And there was probably in the towards the late eighties and nineties and, right. and I, I was I was I was not um, different different than anyone else. Okay. So I knew I wanted to do something well, yeah. but I didn't know what uh, what I want to do. Okay. 
Being an academically gifted student, Mayu found himself attracted to the sciences, along with his peers. But in a country like India, with a big population and an even bigger competitive culture, Mayu found out the pitfalls of comparing yourself to only those around you. After year 10, we moved cities. We went to a bigger city. Okay. And I took up science in the new school, but I couldn't follow that. I couldn't cope up with the... With with the change in the material and the sure. level of education that the uh, um, that was being offered there, because okay. I came from a smaller city, and I right, just couldn't okay. cope up with There's the different, with, yeah, yeah, with different the, standards with the, of education. Standards, yeah. And, yeah and so then I had to drop science and had to take commerce. Right. I so see. that changed totally the whole direction okay. as to where I wanted. Yeah, to be. that must have really kind of changed your sense of identity, I suppose. Like going from a, a top two student to all of a sudden having to to you know look at your options again. Um, do you feel that that kind of um, uh, kind of help you break out of that typecast of you have to go into sciences or yeah. no, no I was when I when I moved into commerce you know some people are fr- frowned upon me you know how come he he's taking commerce oh, I see and and I, I just couldn't cope up with it and I now now that I think of it I probably sh- should have stuck and worked harder uh, but that was a mistake that I did at that time yeah, like, that's okay. what I think now sure, sure. Uh, but it definitely opened up my options okay well I mean yeah that's a that's the thing with these these kind of uh, you know big mm. life events like that it yeah. um you know uh, mm. It might seem like one um, avenue is being closed off to you, but it's actually the opening of a few other avenues. And, yes. And it sounds like that's what um, happened with you. So mm. did you have any um, particular role models? I know there was this kind of vague notion of, you know, you, we, everyone wants to be super successful and mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing in India, like you were explaining. But did you have any specific people, maybe even on like a TV character or someone that you were kind of at that early age looking up to and um, and wanting to emulate in some way? Many years ago, there was this um, Indian uh, Indian lady who, um, Indian uh, parents, but mm. born in the U.S. Sure. She was the first female uh, uh, astronaut. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, back in the day, so she was a big role model for for, for a lot of students and right. wanted to do really well. Okay. Then, and then that that's something that people really aspired uh, to uh, to achieve through some of the things that she had achieved. Right. So that okay. was, she, she was one of, I can't remember her name, uh, but I'm sure if I read yeah. up, I'll, I'll, it'll come to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, she was, she was a very prominent figure. Okay, yeah. And I think a, a lot of the, the, uh, the kids of the, um, the 80s and 90s really grew up with that space culture yeah. that, uh, that, yeah. that, you know, everyone will be, a, have an opportunity to go up into space. So yeah, that's interesting because I, I also probably had a very similar thought when I was, when I was that age. So, mm. um, what are some, like now that, uh, you're, here in Australia and you're working here, mm-hmm. uh, what, what do you think is some, some kind of pros and cons to the Indian way of uh, schooling? Indian way of schooling is, is there's always a lot of, definitely there's a lot of pressure on, yeah. uh, on all students uh, and all kids in it because they, and, and education is something that you, that you must do. There's no other option not to do it. Yeah. And it uh, doesn't matter what you do now, you have to at least have a bachelor's or a master's degree because there's so many people out there. You know, you have to always, you always get told by parents that you really have to do well in school um, yeah. and especially with a lot of children who are not from a, from a very well to do family that's the only way out for them yeah it's almost or, or, like a yeah. like a uh, defense thing like you, you have to do well otherwise mm. you know you're stuck for another generation yeah, in, yeah. In, yeah yeah and it's also a great thing about their parents as well because they try to give their best to their children yeah and they don't want their children to go through the same thing in hardships that they saw sure so that's why they always you know put pressure put pressure in, you know, not, not not in a bad way but just to make them realize that it's quite important that you go do yeah. really well in studies because that's as you said that's that's that's, that's an escape this visceral motivation to succeed stuck with Mayung and, combined with his ambitious drive, resulted in him continuing to push the envelope on how he wanted to perform in high school. Uh, again, so the, so the same notion that I want to do well, that, mm. that was still remained, but it's just that uh, 
in what area to do well that changed a little bit. Not because sure. I was commerce. As I had moved into uh, taking taking up commerce in year one and year twelve, yeah. So I knew that you know I can only do certain things in 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 that in that field. So all yeah. that astronaut stuff that went out of the way. <laughs> okay, sure. So can't become a doctor, can't sure. become an astronaut, can't become an engineer. Yeah. So that gone out of the way. So now now I knew that there's only avenues for me is become either a, a chartered accountant or um, something do something in finance. So that was one of the one of the options okay. that I was looking at. So I started doing well in yeah. in, in in those uh, subjects. Yeah. Um, and then I came here. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I guess you you transitioned. Was it the last year of high school, or was it just university that um, you changed? Yeah. So I just joined the university and a very very uh, good university, one of the mm. top top in India. Um, and then I started that. But then I just wanted to do something different. Um, mm. And I, w- I, w- I did read a lot of other, other things about you know studying abroad or in, in USA or Australia or uh, yeah. or the UK. And want to do something. Um, um, I wanted, I guess, I wanted that experience to go uh, abroad. Yeah. Uh, not um, realizing the fact that my parents wouldn't be able to afford uh, sending me right. abroad. I just still pursued uh, looking out for opportunities uh, okay. outside of India. And I suppose that that transition outside of yeah coming out of high school and going into university is is you know tough for anyone. Mm-hmm. But throwing in you know going into another country in the mix, um, how did you how did you end up managing all that? I um I went to a say um an agency who yep. who who sends students abroad so they mm-hmm. give you all the information of uh, which uh which countries are currently uh, intaking what subjects are popular mm. but like most of the Indians the first goal is to go to the US sure. and I tried that as well so yep. I started with giving my um SATs and TOEFL exams I did reasonably well in that but it just was taking a long time to yep. do uh, some correspondence and the fee were quite high so that was I was being very cautious about progressing forward um, because I knew that at the back, you know, probably the, if, if, if it does work out, then how am I going to pay the fee? Sure. It? But then luckily something in Australia worked out and, uh, I managed to get, get a loan, uh, for my, for oh, my education. Great. Sure. And then, then I just took, uh, I just convinced my parents that I want to go. They said, yep, yeah, go ahead. Sure. So no, that, that all worked out pretty well with the help of my parents. Well, it sounds like you had some really good support people in your life. Your parents, um, yes. were, were very good supports there yeah. and, um, and, I suppose that mm. that idea of um, being able to afford university mm. um, is is yeah a very real thing for yeah. you know most of the people, mm. and um, I think that's a that's a big step for anyone to take. And yeah. it sounds like yeah you did a bit of problem solving initially there, and um, use that that kind of problem solving mm. nature of, uh, that uh, that you seem to have, mm. and, and came up with a solution. Mm. It was my parents. It was an an uncle of mine that really supported me for, uh, for, uh, financially. Oh really. To, uh, to actually make that happen. So he's the one who provided um, funding for, for, my, for my education. With the support of his family, Mayo packed his bags and took a journey of thousands of kilometers and again found that adapting to your environment is the key to success. Because that time again in the, the 1999 and 2000, that's when I came here, the dot-com boom was happening. Yeah, that's And right. everybody, every, every person was, was moving towards yeah. IT. So that, that was, and that was a very popular course at Monash University. And that's what I was advised sure. by the, by the agency. Okay. Um, they said, you know, there's some really good standards there and you know, good high level education, especially in IT. So right. I changed fields again. Okay. And I did IT. Um, yeah. so when I first came here, I, I don't think so I found any, any problems. Um, I just found a little slow. Okay. To to begin with, I thought the yeah, it's a different, like a different kind of approach to education. I suppose that's right. It's mm-hmm. like more, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, learn at your own pace um, yeah. in Australia, whereas yeah. uh, India, I suppose, is is very much a stick to the curriculum and yes. you get the marks or yeah, or, yeah. or get out type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 here, 
I, I think in the beginning I thought there's a lot more I can do mm. than just doing four subjects in a in a semester, and that to level of uh, difficulty of the subject uh, of the subjects yeah. weren't as stern as as what I was used to uh, back okay, back good. home. But also at the same time, because I had to pay for my uh, living expenses. Ah, sure, yeah. Because being an international student, yeah. I didn't have the loan for the entire living expenses. Okay. So I took up a job as a door-to-door salesperson selling Optus. Um, right, okay. Uh, at so pe- people's houses in Melbourne. That would have been an interesting experience. Like, uh, what do you think, what's the kind of stuff you learned in university versus the things you learned in that um, on-the-job training as a salesman? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think the differences are? Oh, on-the-job training is definitely, it teaches, um, it teaches, gives you, throws you very things various things in the, in everyday life yeah uh, one door you knock you could you could find a very very um, you know very nice person the next door you find you can it could be completely totally different yeah sure and but not uh, not realizing that they probably would have had had a very bad day which is and it's all getting a regurgitating on you yeah at you so 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 you actually come across very very difficult different difficult situations right in university there's there's a target that you've got to go in um, and, and you sort of you know your course yeah. how are you going to meet that target but in, when it comes to things like these you don't know what's what's at the back of the bug of the house so that means exactly. as soon as that person comes out of the door yeah. that's when you understand what your target is because so that sure. means you have to develop your strategy or the way you talk you and you um, and you provide that pitch mm. to the customer is it's it's kind of on the fly yeah. and as as days go by and you get get more and more learn more and more experience then you can, I think people get better at it Supporting himself with the door-to-door salesman job, Mayura also started to realize the value of the degree he was getting. He found that even though he was learning from the sales position, the target was always finishing up the degree and launching into his career in computer science. Like most people though, the transition from university to the workforce isn't always as smooth or easy as one could expect. Especially coming from a, from a, from a foreign country. Mm. Uh, maybe you don't have a local experience and it's also important that you have a permanent residency as well. Sure. So there was, there was another pressure of getting uh, a yeah, residency yeah. first, which yeah, it puts you further down the, uh, the, that's the, right. the line, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then there was the number of international students there. So it's, so this, it, it gets, got kind of difficult. Yeah. Okay. But I was quite fortunate with, with some of the people that I had around and people who I've had interviews with. Yeah. Um, they were, they were early on. They really helped me and find, find my, uh, my first role. Yeah. Great. Um, but yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. Yeah, fair enough. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, from memory, you spent about three years in your first role, something like that? Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. so um, I guess coming from that um, that idea of wanting to do something big and ambitious mm-hmm. and going into you know the, the first very first role in the job market, really, like in, in your chosen vocation mm-hmm. um, at the time, um, how did your ambitions fare against the reality of an actual corporate, you know, uh, like working in <laughs> actual mm-hmm. corporate life, yeah. yeah. So when I when I first started, I was you don't get that much exposure exposure directly working with clients, yeah, because uh, you always shadow uh, like seniors, sure. Uh, but but the work that I was doing, I was quite fortunate to get some really big big projects to work on. Oh, great! Uh, but because I was in a, in a te- technical role, yeah, I was always behind the desk, you know, crunching numbers sure, or sure. just you know doing programming, hardcore programming. Yeah, yeah. But. But that's after after maybe a year or two. Yeah, I, I wanted to make that change, right? Because I thought that I've done enough, and yeah. I had the sales experience as well. And then I realized that I I can I think I can be a client facing, I can do client facing work pretty pretty well. Yeah, because you had the sales experience, you had that kind yeah. of personability yeah. Um, yeah. built up. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So and then so I only I gave myself maybe a couple of years more. Yeah, as so I'll do some more technical work, get some technical experience. Um, and then combine that technical experience with uh, with the sales experience that I've got and yeah. become more in 
consulting getting them into that uh, this uh, oh, this area consulting area so uh what was what was motivating that like was it just that that same idea of wanting to do something big yeah exactly something yeah. big you know travel around you know working large corporate organizations um what I realized was uh, maybe it's a wrong thing, but if you're behind the desk, you're doing always in the back of you know, um, writing programs, you'll probably not not get as much exposure as someone who's who's um, who's meet, goes meetups meets clients, mm. does some um, analysis, yeah. and uh, tries to solve uh, client problems, rather than being on the other side where somebody says, "Okay, we'll come in. This is the solution we've come up with. Yeah. Why don't you go and code it?" Yeah. But I wanted to be on the other side, sure, to uh, to to do those uh, designing and analysis work, and then come up with solutions and give it to the guys to come and do it. Yeah, so uh, what, did the, what did that involve? Like making that tra- transition, like some people just get stuck in their, mm. in their first role that they're in, they, yeah. they stay in there for 30 mm-hmm. years. How did you make that, catalyze that change? Okay, so for, for me for me to do that, the first thing that I had to do was some, uh, some, sh- uh, some short-term, um, I had some short-term targets and yep. short-term things that I had to do mm-hmm. and some long-term ones. Short-term ones to, uh, was to change, change my job. Because in that in that current role, uh, I spoke to my leaders and managers. They said, "Well, this is what I want to do." They said, "Well, as of now, this this is the only only option you've got." So I thought, yeah. "Well, if that's what I want to do, then then I've got to stay here. Otherwise, you know, I've, I've got to make, make a move." Sure. So that's when I moved to a a chain jobs. Yep. And based on that, uh, what what exposure I was getting in terms of getting the clients, so which gave me a bit of a mix of client facing as well as technical work. Right. So that gave me a whole spectrum of doing carrying out work end to end. Oh, great. So getting requirements, let's say, from the clients, understanding mm. what the problems are, and going implementing the work. And in terms of the long so I, I did that for probably a year or two. Yeah. Um, and then I took up an MBA uh, degree. So yeah, that sort of yeah. gave me a, a bit of more, uh, a leapfrog of getting into more uh, consulting, uh, getting out of totally being technical, but moving it more into consulting. I saw that, yeah. So um, I guess in your, somewhere in your third third role somewhere, um, you were seriously considering an MBA at that point. Um, if you could, yeah, put your mind back into that space. Uh, when you were looking at an MBA, what did that MBA mean to you um, before doing it? Like, what 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 do you what did you expect out of an MBA? MBA, it's it's always been sold in India as a as a very very uh, coveted degree. Okay, and something that you must do. Yeah, it's 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 a great degree. It's a beautiful degree. It gives you whole uh, yeah. a realm of entire end to end how to run a business. Yeah, so that's the old the. That's the idea and the, and the perception that I had of an sure. MBA. That once I did an MBA, I drank that MBA bottle, yeah, and then yeah. I'll know everything about running <laughs> yeah. running a business. Sure, sure. And that's the whole idea of uh, that the whole idea that that put me towards getting an MBA degree. Sure. Uh, but also on the understanding that it's going to take me off the technical yeah um, area, but more put me into more functional focus. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and how did that fare against the actual reality of doing an MBA? Did you find that most of your expectations were met, or was there some some differences? Uh, no, I think I sh- now, now that I think of it, I probably should have. I couldn't apply straight those MBA skills straight away. Yeah, uh, because I wasn't in a management role. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was. I, I was still yeah, only a few years away. Yeah, a lot of uh, people miss that. That's um, right. Like if you're not applying it in your day to day work, you're not learning yeah. taking as much in. Yeah. you're learning it kind of on on the theoretical level, which that's isn't right. as mm-hmm. um, you know as tactical. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot, a lot, of, um, a lot of the students uh, who, who are or co um, uh, co-workers that I was working uh, or was studying with, yeah, they did part time. They took their own time about three to four years to finish it. Yeah, I finished the entire degree in one year because I wanted to get back into the workforce and not give too much of a gap. Great, yeah. Um, and plus, also, so you know, there was a financial problem as well that I had to get back into the studies. Sure, also. Sure. So you were thinking strategically about all aspects of you know That's right. you weren't just thinking, okay, this is the MBA and uh, by itself I'm going to finish this. Uh, yeah. You were thinking about. 
you know, getting back into the workforce yep. and, and applying that um, quickly. So mm-hmm. how, did, how did that, um, towards the end of that, that year of the MBA, um, what, what were you thinking um, at that point in terms of where your career is going to go? What I was thinking was I'll probably get into a management consulting role. Sure. Big four. Big, big before, big yeah, four firms. Yeah, but it didn't right. work out that way. Okay. Uh, so I finished in 2000, uh, just early 2010. Sure. And we were just coming out of the, the global financial crisis. Yeah, so uh, there and a, so there was yeah. a bit of a... Um, uh, yeah, a dearth of uh, the sentiment was was very low, yeah. I suppose, at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess big companies weren't taking big risks no. like they were. Yeah. That's right. And um, so, the, the, but then after a couple of months later, I did find a job in a in a consulting in a in a, in a consulting company, great. but in an IT focused technology consulting company. Oh, great! So as a business analyst, nice. So you're leveraging some of your degree. You're leveraging yeah. some of that um, mm-hmm. that sales yes. stuff that you learned, as well as the MBA, Correct. and you yeah. brought all that together. Okay. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. So, but but I. St- I, st- I stayed out of being uh, a techie technical because that's was yeah. my final point that I don't, don't want to do any more technical work. This attitude of crafting a vocation as you go, adapting to the changes and always thinking about the next step is a bit of a theme for Mayur. This adaptability also seemed to have another interesting side effect. It kept him open to the opportunities that popped up. And because he didn't have a pathway set in stone, the opportunities tended to become realities. Yeah, so that that was quite um, quite cool. So yeah. I was I was um, I was working on client projects. I was I think there for about a year or two. Yeah, and then again, you know, I wanted to travel or do something different. And yeah. an opportunity came in Singapore. Yeah, um, actually didn't come. I I I think I created that opportunity. So yeah. I I was looking at what else can I do, and through someone I found found a contact who was in Singapore. Yeah. Same company, but they were in, in Singapore trying to do some work. So I con- I called up that person straight away, mm. knowing that so they were looking for some people, uh, but there's probably 100 people applying for it. I said, if yeah. I went through the same route of sending an email, yeah. you'd probably get lost. So I just picked up the phone and gave him a call. Yeah. I told him, listen, this is what I do. This is what I am. Um, and this is what I've done. Great. Um, how can I get... How can I um, you know, be uh, become part of this? What's the project about? So he asked me for the CV, and I said, "Well, I want to start straight away." So within two three days, I flew to Singapore. Wow! Um, so I thought, but this is this is my this is my opportunity to yeah, to actually stand out of yeah. out of everyone, take take the leap, um, and not get stuck in writing emails and stuff. So this is like a like a big point in your life, big milestone in your life. You, you want to do something completely yeah. different, and and you found this opportunity. Yeah. And you really wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a lot of people get stuck at that point as well because, you know, they'll just send the email and hope. Mm. And you did something a little bit different. You, you picked up the phone, you talked to people, you, you made that opportunity happen. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a really good insight because I think a lot of people looking from the outside, when they see people get those opportunities, mm. they think, oh, that, that person's really lucky. They were, they were one of the lucky ones. Whereas you're saying it very differently, which is, I feel more closer to the truth where you, Make your own luck. That's right. You make your own opportunities by doing more than the average person. Yeah. And that's, that's really good to see. Yeah, absolutely. So if, uh, if I had not picked up the phone and made yeah. a phone call and I would have uh, commit, committed to, uh, to the gentleman and said, well, I'm going to be there in two days' time. What yeah. can I do? And then that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, that's that's a great bit of advice for any of our listeners here uh, um, going through a similar thing. Um, that's 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 some great advice to um, you know do something a little bit different. Um, yeah. Get in front of people, talk to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, it's 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 about people. Um, regardless of what your industry you're in, you're going to be you know reporting to people. You're going to be talking to people. So build those people skills yeah. and, and get in front of people. Which is awesome. So um, Singapore is a is another big change in your life, I suppose. Yes. How did you find um, working in that new environment? 
It was it was great. So this was my I I would think this was the first consulting work that I had done. Uh, the yeah. real consulting that I wanted to work for a larger organization. Yeah. Uh, so same company, but we had a major client, um, a mining client in uh, in Singapore. Right. And I was on my own, thrown into the, in the deep end, and I had to figure out stuff. Yeah. So, um, but again, you know, that's when my sales experience kicked off, uh, yeah. and I used some leverage some of that some of that work that I've done earlier to engage with with people, clients, and, and understand really what they need, and trying to offer um, and, and and provide them with, with solutions. Yeah. And and that and, and that. Uh, Engagement was what the client really liked. Yeah, great. Um, and then I did pretty well from from there, and I was part of a project for about a year. Oh, great! And it was an yeah, it was a very very good experience working in Singapore. It's like a very different lifestyle there, very busy. Yeah. But I think the amount of uh, fun that I had, you know, working there, uh, working long hours as well. But you know, it, it was a really great sense of satisfaction. That's when I pointed that I felt that oh, I think now I feel feel good about myself that it's 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 happening. And there it is, listeners. It happens so subtly sometimes, but there is the point where Mayu's career became his vocation. Mayu started enjoying the challenges put in front of him because he had the unique set of skills to solve them that he built over time. This idea of crafting your career to your strengths is what seems to be the core of what drove him to make his moves. And pretty soon, that high school notion of that jet-setting, successful business person emerged from the enjoyment of his work my company there they were opening a an office in in perth and they wanted people to start so i thought it's another go, good opportunity to actually be a part of the a part of the founding team to yeah. to build up the business here yeah and i thought they'll give me another another experience as well oh, uh, so awesome. i just moved to perth and i think uh yeah and it's this employer that um that, that we met i suppose and i guess during your time uh with this particular employer in perth uh, you know, I often used to see you kind of, you know, really busy, like your head buried in spreadsheets. And mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, you were, uh, maybe towards, towards the end of your, your couple of roles that you had with this, mm-hmm. this employer, you were starting to, um, realize that, uh, that the role wasn't as stable as maybe it started out being. How, yeah. did, how did you handle all of that, that uncertainty? I think with, with all these um, years of, that I've learned is I could foresee how what where this job was taking me in after six months or eight months. Yeah. So I could really get a sense of, you know, where do I see myself um, if after this piece of uh, work that I'm doing and the project finishes. Yeah. Um, and from my experience in Singapore, I knew that management consulting is is the one for me. Yeah. So um, I wanted a bit of an industry experience, so got into that company. And then after a while, I thought it's probably time to change again. Yeah. Uh, I took a little bit of risk, um, and and then yeah, found my current employer. Yeah. So let's talk about that that risk for a moment, because at this point, um, you know, just just from our chats, um, you know, you you found a partner, and um, you're thinking about starting a family and all this kind of stuff. So what did risk mean to you at that point? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how did you how did you manage risk? Yeah, that's a very good point. So at that time, we just found out we were we were pregnant, yeah. and this was last year around April May. Yeah, and I just made a trip to Singapore again to relocate to Singapore. Right. Um, and just went through my all my old contacts and tried to ruffle some old feathers. Yeah. There. Um, but then things had changed quite a bit in Singapore, and yeah. we already had a settled life in, in Perth. So for us to move was a little difficult and then we found out that my, that we were pregnant so we thought well can't move right now because we've yeah. got to stay here sure um, but then I changed jobs so risk at that time was was to um, how to provide well for my family mm. uh, give a safe environment and a healthy bring a healthy child 
into uh, into this world and yeah. looking after really uh, looking after my wife yeah. so that she doesn't fall uh, has any issues right through a pregnancy or yeah great after that so it was just at that time it, the the focus shifted um to really look after after the family and be there so that was the risk that i taken that if things don't don't go well after resigning from this uh, from our previous employer mm. um how bad could things go uh, yeah. but i was reasonably confident of myself that i would fall on my feet at some point um, yeah great i'll do conf- something yeah. yeah that's that self confidence i guess goes I had the self confidence yeah. yeah it's interesting to see like even though your priorities kind of shifted um outside of yourself mm-hmm. you're still able to make um kind of career decisions um essentially around uh you know progressing your your own career um i think that's another thing people tend to get stuck on is um you know something happens where you know you you bring a child into the world and mm-hmm. suddenly your priorities change but um they think it's the end of their career uh, but it doesn't have to be the case no absolutely is, not yeah. um since joining this and my current employer um, I think things are going so, so, so really really well yeah. and kudos to my wife as well who's been so supportive Support, yeah of me um yeah. and in giving me really the time so that I can focus on my career back again yeah great um and and just just the opportunities that I've got in my current current employer and the caliber of people that I've uh, worked with yeah uh it's again back putting me back into the refocusing on my career yeah. after a little bit of that short period when we uh, when you are you are having our yeah um our first uh, child. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so now it's coming back again, and now I can. Now I'm really pushing um, you know, to, to to achieve that next level. Yeah, yeah. In, in my career. So, um, your current employer is is like from what I could see, it looks very different culturally to, yeah. to you know maybe the the employees that you had b- mm-hmm. before. It's very vibrant, very energetic. Whereas, um, you know these these bigger firms are usually a little bit mm-hmm. more subdued and um, risk averse. Yes. So. Um, how do you how do you find it? how are you finding your your current job? Are you enjoying oh, it's, it? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, and that's mm. something which sets out my current employer with, mm. with the other 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 organisations, yeah. especially uh, the the big consulting organisations. Yeah. Now things are very done differently uh, here. The people are very vibrant, energetic, dynamic. Yeah. Um, and and people are coming from all all walks of life. Yeah. We do things so differently that our clients actually love our culture. Yeah, and the and the thing that the culture of this organization, if they bring to our company, it's it's really is going to help yeah, drive some of the outcomes. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm finding it just totally an amazing experience working with this uh, with my uh, with my peers. Yeah, great. So what what does a management consultancy manager do actually day to day? What's what what's their job? Okay, so what we do is we we try to give find that really great value to give to our clients, understanding what the client wants, not only. Uh, what they wanted and how else can we support the client in terms yeah. of and delivering high quality work every day, day in and day out right. and how we can ex- exceed the client's ex- expectations. Yeah. Uh, running it's like our own business and... So it's like problem solving. You, that's right. You're going in, you're defining the problem and you're finding solutions to that and then yeah. helping the client come yeah. up with solutions to those problems. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that must be really kind of rewarding and um, very dynamic and a lot of... Lot of variation in that work yeah. as well you get to talk to different yeah, people yeah. And yeah it is absolutely so i think i've got more um, exposure yeah getting meeting different different um uh, people from different teams different uh, departments than i was uh, when i was working for for the company so i get a lot more exposure oh it sounds way. like yeah. i mean it sounds like you're really enjoying it and you've you've found your groove in your career yeah. and um you know you're, you're pushing through mm-hmm. but um i guess sitting here now and with the benefit of hindsight uh what's something you could tell 
that that young self of yours that 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 person's dreams that have just been dashed because they can't mm-hmm. become an astronaut anymore and you know everything might seem like it's ending uh what's some advice you can give to that that young person um knowing everything you know now about um how how to build a career i think it's very important to uh to have a look around you know what what what's something that really works in this world um mm. because it's it's great to have aspirations but also you need to have some role models and see you know how they've achieved to their level of perfection or to that level of uh, expertise that they have got yeah. and really follow in those footsteps of what those people have done this might be through through education might be through experience or even constantly meeting other people or getting learning uh, learning from others too yeah. because great people learn from others too others as well yeah. so it's always having that that role model and um, and really put having some short term and long term goals yeah and goals in the sense where you can measure those goals if if you would have told me when i was 18 years old yeah. i would have wouldn't have over and of care sure uh but it's it's important that's why it's important that somebody who does understand this side of the world and they can articulate the same things to a to a child or a, or a, or a teenager sure. in those in those lang- in their language yeah and that's ex- ex- exactly what a lot of um people do in in their day to day jobs is how they can translate information from one context to another context yeah so again this context is asking a 35 year old to explain to a same 18 year old it's how you t- put give that message but into but in a language that the 18 year old understands yeah sure so it's a, it's about um i guess to summarize that yeah. bit of advice is to essentially um you're not in it alone you can you can leverage off the kind of experience of other people and talk to other people and yeah. um you know find find a couple of good mentors yeah. and a couple of yeah. good supports and yes. really um utilize that i think mm. for for a young man at least uh, a teenage boy um you know it's very tempting to feel like you're doing it all by yourself and, yes. and you want to do it all by yourself yeah. and you yeah. have to mm-hmm. but um i think that the lesson here is um you know real successful people don't necessarily have that attitude um no. they they you know listen to the people around them that's right and yeah. that's how they grow as people yeah. and i think people understand that you know those those age that that age bracket is very very crucial that really defines one's person's yeah career so it's very very important to cherish those those years uh which again when i was 17 18 i wouldn't care yeah. but now i now that i understand now that i value that that time i wish i could go back and fix it yeah but you can't but but it's really really important for people to understand you know those are really the uh, the founding uh, the, uh, the the founding base of your of your career so it's very very important that you yeah. that you hold that together and No, that's great. I, I think make the most of it. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's an amazing career journey. I'm um, just looking back at it. Um you've you've really um been able to you know, look for the opportunities and and follow them wherever they might take you. So you had mm-hmm. this idea of uh you wanted to be successful but not knowing exactly how how that could um eventuate, mm-hmm. but um I think it sounds like, you know, with a bit of focus and a and a bit of um just having an idea of where you wanted to yeah. go like a a vague direction mm-hmm. was enough to kind of, you know, really guide you from job to job and uh career to career to the mm-hmm. point where you're now, you know, really enjoying the work you yeah. do by the sounds um which is really great to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really enjoying myself. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So um Yeah, just just one more thing I think I missed missed on one thing is yeah. uh, always uh cherished um studies and uh, education has kept it very very high um yeah. and that's something that I always want to do and continue educate 
um, continue my education and yeah. learn something or the other. Sure. So last year, I, I felt that, you know, I think it's it's about time that I want to do something else. Mm. Uh, so I think maybe another MBA degree or something in, okay, really? in finance or wow. something like something different. So, yeah, that, that spirit of continuous improvement yeah. is, is kind of built into you yeah. now. Like you, you yeah. want to always uh, develop yourself yeah. more. So I was just really itching to do something. Yeah. What, uh, what, what's next for you? So that's, that's, that's what I thought. So I thought, what should I study? Should I take up another course or yeah. do something or the other? And I thought, okay, let me do something different that gives me an edge again. Yeah. So I thought okay, last time the something that gave me an edge was to pick up a call, uh, pick up the phone and um, make a call. Tr- make a call. Yeah. And, and that set me apart. I said, what can I do something different here? Um, so I thought, well, let's do s- let's do something which is, again, different and not a regular course. So I'm learning Chinese now, Mandarin. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I thought, well, let me know, learn a new language. And because yeah. I've got a I've got an eight-month-old son, I want to teach him a foreign language as well. So I thought, yeah. well, from his point of view, I want to learn that how it, what it takes to learn a totally new foreign language. Yeah. So if he doesn't speak English very well or Hindi very well, I shouldn't get mad at him because yeah. if he's learning slowly, then I think I can, I'm also learning slowly Mandarin as well. Yeah. So I just wanted to put myself in a, someone in else's shoes, yeah. in that perspective, learning yeah, a new language. And I thought <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good language, something different to learn. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure it'll be more and more useful the, yeah. like the, the more we go through. Um, yeah. But uh, no, that's that's excellent. That's so good it, yeah, it, it was a totally different different challenge. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to challenge myself again. Yeah, as to well, what else can I do? Uh, so that was so that's something that's wrong my mind. And I'm into, um, five months into it. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's 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 great to hear that uh, you, you know, you've taken up that um, that mantle again of continuous self improvement, which yeah. is, seems to be a theme in your career and your life generally. So. It's that time of the show to play Guestimate, the game where our guest has to estimate three particular properties of a particular transparent container for the chance to hold a coveted position on the Guestimate leaderboard. So, Mayo, your mm-hmm. first task is to paint a bit of a word picture of the object I'm handing over to you at the moment. Yep. So, this is uh, one of those um, health shake uh, bottles or jars. And yeah, and there's lots of lollies inside the white color lollies. It's it's got a bit of a sugar hit in this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's got different shapes and sizes. So yeah, no, there's definitely enough energy to keep you going in there for uh, for whatever comes your way this week. But um, you'll be guessing three particular properties of that uh, container. Mm-hmm. So you'll be guessing the diameter of of the uh, the largest part there. Yep. The weight in grams, kilograms, that kind of thing. Yep. And the number of the regularly shaped mix of milk lollies that uh, mm-hmm. that inside the container. So, uh, yeah, what do you want to tackle first? I think I can go with the diam- diameter. I think I'm thinking, so it's, uh, I, I could approach in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is I can probably guess the, uh, the size of a lolly. Um, let's say it's about, looks about an inch. Which is about two and a half centimeters. Okay. If I were to put five of these, okay. So I would guess the diameter would be about roughly about a twelve and a half centimeters. So which is five times two and a half centimeters. Okay. That's great. a diameter. I'll, um, I'll I'll probably do it that way. Okay. So number of items. So how would I do that? Is um, I've already guessed it's about uh, one inch by one inch mm-hmm. on an average. Yep. Um, so that's about two point twenty five mm times twenty five mm. So twenty five times twenty five is six twenty five. Well, there's uh there's there's markings on there. If you, okay. Yeah. Being a okay. being a jar that's uh, made for yeah. taking okay. various volumes of liquids. Okay, so five hundred ml. That's height. So pi r square h. 
uh, times 22 by 7 r square the radius i guess i think 12 and a half diameter mm-hmm. um and that's the largest base so half of that is 6.25 okay now there's a big calculation now <laughs> <laughs> well, you can use a calculator or whatever you find if you want okay um, so listeners this is the uh, the mind of an analyst working and um you're getting a bit of insight into into how myu's brain works and it's yeah compared to our other um podcast guests i think um it's his first time i've seen anyone actually write down an equation and calculate it out on the phone so yeah it's a, it's a bit of a treat for on vacation so okay so i've got 23571 which is that's the volume uh, so okay well that's a terrible answer that i'm getting 571 no, that's too many actually uh, okay the gut feel in this one is mm. probably um i'll give baby 180 180 yeah Okay, let me just put that in. I have to come back to this calculation that later. Okay. Maybe my the volume well, we'll of the cylinder is not correct. Well, you'll get a um pretty immediate score at the end of this, so we'll see how you did with your accuracy, but um so I've got 180 there and the uh, the last thing to to mention here is the weight, the weight, weight in grams or kilograms mm-hmm. or whatever you prefer really. Right, okay. So if I've said 180, um yeah. each looks like maybe probably 5 to 10 grams, so I'll probably okay. go 7. So I'll probably go one point, yeah, uh, one kilo and twenty six grams. So two hundred sixty grams. Sorry, one two six zero yeah. is the weight. Yeah. So that's uh, that uh, gives us basically at the end of all that an accuracy score. Um, at the moment, uh, the highest accuracy score for this this game, I think we've had eleven episodes so far. You're number twelve. The highest accuracy score is uh, a CEO. and his accuracy was 91.6% and the lowest score at the moment is a uh, financial strategist um his name is Brendan he's from New, uh, New South Wales mm-hmm. and his score is 52.2% so between the 91.6 and 52.2 where do you think he did yeah i'll add, i would say yeah somewhere not not the worst not the best Let's let's go with the number first since mm. that's a that's a one um you started with. So you guess 180 and the actual number mm. of lollies in that shaker mm. is 155. Wow. So you were 16% off and that's just trusting your gut. So that's yeah. a yeah, that's a it's a great way to kind of approach these intuitive problems is to is to trust your gut. Um mm. the next thing Uh sorry the first thing you actually guessed was the the dimension um which was the largest diameter there. Yeah. So you guessed 125 mm and I can tell you that the actual dimension of that uh diameter is 103 mm. So you were 21% off there. And that leaves us with the weight. Uh so you you kind of did a calculation based on the number of lollies and the mm-hmm. the approximate weight of each lolly. And um yeah that's that's a kind of a difficult one to do because a small um mis- uh, miscalculation in the yeah. weight of a lolly will multiply that's out right. by 180 mm-hmm. and potentially that's that's what could have happened here because um you guess 1.26 kilos mm-hmm. so 1260 grams and the actual weight of that particular container is 669 grams so That's an 88% um inaccuracy there. So that leaves you a score of 58.1. Mm. 
as your accuracy score, and I think that puts you... Okay, so, uh, second last. Third, third last. Okay. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're pretty accurate there. So you're right basically in the middle of the mm. um, in, in the field there. So, no, that's pretty good. And it was good to see the um, the process anyway. I think that's what really kind of gives our listeners a bit of an insight into the mind of Mayur. So thanks for your time today, Mayur. Yeah, it was a really interesting story and a really good example of how kind of being adaptable um, to your environment is really the key to, um, to finding that, that, you know, the things you enjoy. So you may not start mm-hmm. necessarily at, at some, something you, you enjoy, but um, if you're adaptable and you're looking for those opportunities and you're making those opportunities as well, um, you know, that's something that, um, you know, uh, you, you can eventually find your way into something that, that you end up enjoying. And yes. that's a great example of that. Um, so, so how did you find our talk today? Did you, did you enjoy reflecting back and kind of hearing about uh, or, or talking about, you know, how the journey you've come through so far? Sorry, the, this interview? Yeah, yeah. So this, this interview, how, how did you find it? Yeah, it's a very good thing. I think the kind of question yeah. you've asked me, it's, it's, I've never looked back on a, or a reflect, ref, ref, reflected yeah. on, on one, my journey um, throughout you know, some of the things that I've done or yeah. why I've, have I done. So I think it's, it's a good way to put everything into, into place. You know, it, yeah. it looks, so I can look back and think about more deeply as to what some of the things I did and what, what, what was wrong, what was right, yeah. and just give a bit of an appreciation of, of, of all these years that have, that have gone by. Yeah. Um, no, I think. Thank you very much for. Uh, no, it was my pleasure. And, it, was, um, it was quite good, actually. So. No, it's, that's good, and I'm sure our listeners will thank you for all that uh, that that knowledge and experience that you've helped. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe yes, yeah, someone going through a similar thing um, yeah. go through now. So, yeah, no, thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. But uh, sadly, that's all for this particular episode. But stay tuned for our next discussion on vocation. Mm-hmm.